reading from Eugene Peterson's The Message. As they, the disciples, continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said, but Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later she stepped in, interrupting them, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. The word of God for the people of God. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in God's sight. God who is my strength. God who is my redeemer. The phone rings. Hello. Who is this? Oh, this is Jesus calling. Who? This is Jesus calling. Jesus? Jiminy Cricket, you come on now. Jesus? Yes. I'll be in your neighborhood traveling to San Francisco. Could I just stop by and visit with you for a little while? Of course, Jesus, come on by. You can come by anytime. Now, what time did you say you'll get here? I want to make sure that everything is properly set for you, Jesus. You know, Jesus, if you're coming by, I want to make sure that my house is clean. And that a great meal has been planned for you. Now, what time, Jesus, will you be coming by? Oh, by the way, what would you like to eat and drink? And will you spend the night before moving on to San Francisco? Please, don't go to any trouble. I just want to spend time with you. Okay, you say. But then something happens. Oh, I've got to tell my friend about this call that I just got. Hey, Sally, guess what? Guess who's coming by to visit with me this afternoon? Jesus is coming by. Who? (laughs) Jesus. So this call escalates. The excitement builds. 
And by the time you know it, the whole neighborhood knows who is coming to dinner. Jesus is coming. And all of a sudden, the fine china is brought out. The linen tablecloths and napkins, the polished silver, the goblets are brought out, everything, and planning for a seven-course meal. And Jesus just called to say, I want to visit with you for a little while. You call your local butcher and say, look, I want you to cut me a special piece of lamb. And on and on it goes. The things we do, preparing for a visit from Jesus. What kind of preparations, my friends? What kind of preparations are we making for a visit from Jesus? Will we be so busy preparing a menu, a slate of things to be done that we make no preparation for his visit at all? So that when he arrives, we will be too exhausted to fully appreciate his visit? All Jesus wants is to visit with us. Our personal self. Our undivided attention. He wants no fuss or bother. It reminds me then of what happens when, when worship time is coming. William Barclay, great theologian, in, a, in an adoration of worship, penned these words. It would make a tremendous difference if this congregation would do certain things. When we come to church, we ought to come prepared. There are so very few people who make any preparation for worship at all. They have to hurry to get ready. They have to hurry down the road. They take their places almost at the last moment and there is no preparation at all. Of course, that didn't happen here this morning. If every person who comes to church would before they come, even on the road there, think of God for just a moment or two and say a prayer for themselves, for the preacher and the people whom they will meet in worship it would make a whole world of difference. He continues saying that we should come seeking. To come to the services of the church should never be simply a matter of habit, a burden of duty, a hallmark of respectability, the satisfying of a convention. It should be a deliberate attempt to come out of the world and to find contact with God. One of the great secrets of success in any of the business of life is to know what we want when we are doing a thing and when we come to church, we should want God. We should come determined to give all of ourselves. 
The one who comes to church only to get, in the end, get nothing. We come determined to give our interest, our prayer, our devotion, our sympathy. The success of any gathering, the happiness of any party is always dependent on the people who are prepared to give themselves to the fellowship of the occasion. Someone said to me once, I heard you were coming to preach. And so I came to church today to hear you preach. I don't come that often, but when I heard you were coming, I decided I would come. You don't come for the preacher, you come for yourself. Can I get an amen? Do you have a friend who loves you unconditionally? I have friends like that. A friend who does not come about, who, who doesn't care about the latest model automobile you are driving. Or the splendid home in which you live. Do you have a friend who, when calling to say he or she will be right over, looks beyond the house that is dirty because of children or grandchildren who are doing that natural thing? Oftentimes I would go visiting in homes and people would make excuses about the condition of the home. I said, oh, you live here? I'm happy to come because I'm not coming to see the junk that's in the house. I'm coming to see you. To visit with you. To spend time listening and learning from you. Jesus only wants our attention. He wants to be our best friend and what a friend indeed he is. To Jesus we take all of our cares. To him we can take our unbridled joy and he will rejoice with us. The story this morning is about one who made no fuss and no bother. She wasn't concerned about what was going on in the kitchen. She was only concerned about relating to the one who had come to visit. Jesus' Jesus's description of Martha could be a description of each of us. Worried and distracted by many things. As our culture becomes more and more complex, as there are more things to do, places to be, and activities to engage in, we become more worried and distracted because we can't do the things we want to do. Time out. Time out. 
take some time from the busy hustle and bustle of life and just listen to the babies cry. What a joy it is to be able to hear them. Some years ago, I flew to Tampa, Florida to be with a friend who was dying of cancer. His wife had called to let me know that he was become a a bit depressed, not wanting to get out of bed, not listening, just wanting to die. And I asked, I said, well, do you think it might help if I paid him a visit? So I flew from California. No, I flew from Georgia. I was already in Georgia, had flown from California to Georgia. So I said, well, why don't I see if I can't get a flight to Tampa? And thanks to my wife's employment at that time, working for an airline, I was able to get on a flight without worry. And so I flew in to Tampa. It did not bother me that when I arrived, I, I would not be able to see any of the countryside. I only wanted to be with him. To be near him. To console him. And even to poke fun at him. When I walked into his room, he was not expecting me because his wife and I were planning this surprise visit. And so here I show up. Sometimes you better not show up unannounced. But she knew that I was coming. And so when I walked in, I thought he saw, had seen a ghost. He leapt from the bed and he said, Tom, you are here. Why are you here? I said, I came because of you. And I understand that you are being a bad patient. (laughs) We shared a simple meal together. We sat outside on the sun porch. We talked about life. We talked about death. We talked about his death and his relationship with God. What a marvelous time we had that afternoon. We laughed a lot, cried tears of joy and sorrow. We prayed for healing. You understand, we prayed for healing. We slept. We enjoyed each other's company. Isn't that the kind of visit we would expect or want from Jesus? Not that I'm Jesus, no. I have my imperfections. But I am moving on to perfection. Too many of us Far too many of us are rushing about, are rushing about, 
busy doing nothing. Trying to buy their way into a greater relationship with Christ. That's not the way to go. My friend died a month or so later. But I was at peace. Knowing that he and I had spent quality time together. It made a difference in his last days. And it continues to make a difference in my life even today. I could have reached out over the telephone and just said, Hey Bob, how you doing? But no, it was a personal contact. It reminds me of of a song. Take time to be holy. Speak off with the Lord. Abide in Him always. And feed on His word. You know that song? Take time. Take some time out. Can we or will we spend quality time with Jesus? Isn't this a way we would want to do? So often we want to be kind to people. As the gospel narrative lifts up. But we want to be kind to them in our way. We should And should it happen that our way is not necessarily the way we ought to be, we sometimes become uptight and think we are not appreciated. If we are trying to be kind, the first necessity is to try to see into the heart of the person we desire to help. And then to forget about our own plans. And to think only of what he or she needs. I could have been thinking about my needs. My taking time out to to fly to Tampa. But in the end. I saw in his heart. We connected. Jesus loved Martha. And Martha loved him. But when Martha set out to be kind, it had to be her way of being kind, which was really being unkind to Jesus, whose heart cried out for quiet. Just to be. Jesus loved Mary, and Mary loved him. Martha's priorities, as sometimes our priorities, get a little mixed up. She missed out on what was really important for what was not as important. We do the same as as individuals and as churches. For people who take pride in how hard they they work, how long the hours, how much time without a vacation. This is a hard story to hear. 
Martha is the model. Mary is impractical. In a task-oriented culture, the church too can fall prey to the temptation of measuring everything by busyness. How busy are we? What lives are we transforming? Starting right here. A writer penned these words. The 21st century church seems to be summoned to a thousand different tasks, but no destiny. Food shelves and daycare centers abound. There's no death of volunteer groups to belong to. But Sunday worship attendance is steadily declining. And even among the most committed, there is a paucity of Bible study. Work and faith go hand in hand, and faith seeks understanding. When faith is cut off from steady and meaningful encounter with Jesus Christ through word and worship, work will degenerate into meaningless routines. For you and me, for the church, It is not a false choice between the contemplative life and the active life. But rather an understanding that the source of our action is a fellowship, friendship, and closeness to the one whom we call Lord and Savior. Jesus calls us to sit at his feet as Mary did so long ago. Hurry home now and make your meal. But be prepared for the visitor who just might show up. And the people of God all said, Amen.